Haven't changed, had much to say But man, I still think them cats are crazy They were asking if you were around How you was You're listening to the PCAST Presented by CDE Light Band Each week we take you around Austin P. The Athletics Department Occasionally the OVC Thanks to our good friends at CDE Thank you to our friends at CDE And thanks to you, the listeners who make us worth sponsoring I am Colby Wilson He is Casey Krigger. Welcome to the nation's top-ranked Austin Bee podcast, as referenced in Encarta Encyclopedia. Casey, how are you now? Good, and you? Not so bad. Um, we get to do this in person. Yeehaw. <laughs> All right. Let me tell you something. The last, whatever the number of these there have been, where I've been getting two different audio streams and having to slap them together and make them even up and sound right has been an enormous pain in the butt and i'm very happy that we can record on one device and i can throw it in the premiere and release it into the world and be done and that makes me incredibly much more happier i don't think that was germane to the discussion but i'm just excited to be out of the house to be honest that's fair that is fair also fair also to be football being ranked very high. Very high in the preseason rankings. In all of the preseason rankings. Yes. Um, and on, obviously, I think we can agree that after last year, that was going to be a thing that happened. But it's... It's good to finally see it. It's One, it's good to finally see it. And two, do we kind of feel like we're still being slept on ever so slightly? I think so, because Hero and Athlon both put us at 13. Street and Smith, who is my now favorite poll, put us at 10. Yeah, uh, good on you, Street and Smith. But what were we? That We were the la- one of the top eight teams last year in the playoffs. We were in the quarterfinals. Um, one of the teams that we blew out is ranked ahead of us in two polls. Athlon and Hero Sports both put Sacramento State ahead of the Governors after we rolled out to California and put a hurting on them. Um, Casey, try not to take it personally. I I don't understand. I don't know how you can look at us in Sacramento State and put Sacramento State ahead of us. And Hero didn't just do that. Hero put them at four. Perhaps they're returning a lot. Well, guess what? So are the governors. So are the governors. Not only returning consensus All-American Cordell Jackson. uh, Should have been All-American D'Angelo Wilson. Should have been All-OVC first team D'Angelo Wilson. As long as we're picking it, should have been All-OVC first team D'Angelo Wilson. Returning a quarterback... And Jeremiah Oatesfall, who was the starter going into last year before he got hurt. Talk about slept on. Slept people, on. People aren't just sleeping. They're forgetting. And, uh, oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Speaking of Jackson, he is preseason All-American with both Hero and Street and Smith and Athlon. Wilson, also a Hero Sports preseason All-American, as are Josephus Smith and Blake Mitchell. D'Angelo Wilson, uh, Street Smith, and Hero. Yeah, yeah. Forgot about that. Forgot about that. Uh, It's it's a good time. It's a good time to be a governor. You think people finally start covering D'Angelo Wilson this year? Because they sure didn't last year. I don't think they can. I I think they might want to, but... Yeah, I think they're going to try. They're gonna they're gonna be looking at the back of D'Angelo Wilson a lot. Yeah, the the whole the whole seeing D'Angelo Wilson's taillights fading into the <laughs> distance as he uh, as he strolls into the end zone for the nth billionth time. Even the Montana State game, which didn't go our way, the, one of the best highlights is D'Angelo just running past everybody and Javon just dropping a bomb seventy yards for the touchdown. Yeah, good times, that was good fun. times. That was fun. Um, elsewhere, 
since we actually do have a little bit of Austin news, Casey, you got a couple of women's basketball signings? Yeah, women's basketball teams going international with the signings of. We signed Nina DeLeon from San Juan, Puerto Rico. She went to Montverde Academy in Florida. You want to hear some of the names that have came out of this school? You ready? NBA players, R.J. Barrett, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, D'Angelo Wilson, and Luke Maba Amut. All went there. Luke Maba Amute? Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Yeah. Uh, also, Francisco Lindor. Don't remember his exploits on the hardwood, but okay. No, no, no. He, ba- ba- baseball's Francisco Lindor. But the point being, a lot of talented athletes come out of there. So, it seems like it's a good sign for the Guffs. It seems like it's a good sign. And also, we added, from Helsinki, Finland, by way of New Mexico Junior College, Selena Dockery. Uh, six foot four, so going to get the Guffs some size. Some, some size, which seems like they'll need after the departure of Ariel Gonzalez-Varner. Got to get that rebounding. Um, since we're back and back at home or whatever, call this home? I don't know. What do you call your... I call this home because I'm here most of the time. Yeah, this is this is home-ish, home-adjacent. Um, that means Casey's also back from his extended Johnson City uh, stay and... Casey, what were you greeted with when you got back to Clarksville? I walked into my apartment with water coming from my ceiling into my living room. And the upstairs toilet, one of the valves or pumps or something had broke and had been spilling water into our ceiling, down into the living room, and onto the floor and my recliner, and missing the TV by the narrowest of margins. So it's been a good time. It's been a good week, is Uh, what you're saying. Yeah, it's just been the best. The carpet's finally dry after five days uh next step get the wall and the ceiling fixed and uh then we can get the carpet cleaned and maybe i can have a living room again what's your house smell like right now um it was bad at first but the guys that have been cleaning the carpet have done a really good job and they sprayed a deodorizer down when they left yesterday so it's kind of masked a lot of the smell um shout out to austin's carpet cleaners those guys are great. <laughs> Not sure they're a corporate sponsor, but we'll give them we'll give them a, a shout here anyway. Um, all right, yep, that's that uh, light week this week. Uh, except, actually, not really a light week. Just really excited to get to our guest this week, uh, Tracy Hosa of the Austin P Women's Soccer Program. Uh, any of you that know Tracy kind of can guess that she was going to be a pretty interesting guest, and she was. And you'll get to listen to that right after this. Isle Tracy Hosa is one of the brightest spots in all of Austin P Athletics with her ever-present smile and bubbly energy. She brightens every room she walks into. And today she walks to our room for the PCAST. Coach, how are you? <laughs> bubbly, bright, smiling. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? I am all right. I'm excited to be out of the house and at work, which is a weird thing to be excited yes, about. But I can hear that. <laughs> Ireland. Talk yeah. to me about Ireland. A uh, small country off the coast of the Atlantic. It's beautiful. Um, g- a great place to grow up. Which part of Ireland are you from? I'm from a city called Limerick. 
and it was the third largest city in southwest Ireland. I believe it might be the fourth now. Galway took over. Um, but it was a pretty large city. I grew up right in the city. Um, but near the coast, but not right on the coast. We're on the the River Shannon, which is a um, one of the largest rivers in Ireland. Compare and contrast Ireland and Tennessee. Probably not a ton of similarities. Um, not necessarily. Um, they obviously geographically were closer to a lot of water in Ireland, um, but there are mountains. Um, not huge mountains, but there are mountains close by. Um, Cities, our city was a big city and that was huge for me, but there, I mean, compared to Nashville, to Dublin is, I'm not a big, big city person, um, but geographically, temperature-wise, Tennessee is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the summer gets a little bit hot. Um, in Ireland, it's very temperate. Okay, it doesn't get too hot, doesn't get too cold very mild. You have that Gulf Stream that comes up and protects the whole of Ireland. It goes around it. Um, so, but we don't see cold here. I've lived in Erie, Pennsylvania. I've lived in Missouri where we see negative 20s and 25s. And I remember my first day breathing in cold air and go, I'm going to die. <laughs> like, is there not a state of an emergency here? But it was very temperate. A lot of rain. We see a lot of rain. Um, we do see sunshine, uh, and thank goodness the last couple of weeks in Ireland they had a lot of sunshine because they needed it. Tell me a little bit about your family. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, we, I grew up in a family, uh, there was 12 of us, 12 kids. Yes. Um, and uh, so it was a, quite an upbringing. Where did you fall in the timeline of which, which number you know, were you? I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I was the youngest, so it was good, and I, I don't remember a lot of the bad things, because <laughs> all the older ones do. What's but the range? What's the age range? It's actually, it's only 16 years between uh, myself and my older sister, Anne, and uh, I believe there were two other, um, you know, pregnancies in there that, uh, unfortunately, uh, they died, but... Um, very quick. I mean, the first four were all boom, boom, boom. A couple of Irish Guinness twins in there. Um, they share a year for a month. <laughs> What's it like to grow up in a family? See, <laughs> the, the good part was like, I, you know, I don't remember when there were actually 12 of us in a house, uh, or 14, including the parents. Um, I started to remember maybe about four or five, and at that stage then we had a sister get married, and we had a brother go to college, and he said he had to go to college because he couldn't come home to study because I'd just be all over him. <laughs> um, and I now get it because Cora is my twin, and I understand. So I remember um, you know, how many would be in one room. There might be about six or seven of us in one room. We'd have double beds, three in a bed, whatever. So it was fun. It was brilliant. It was, uh, you know, it was um, brilliant and hard. We had <laughs> fights, but it was fun because we just uh, were creative. Um, and we always had parties, you know, you'd always had other people in our houses. Like we went, we, our vacations were the best. We always made sure we had two weeks holidays every year. And we'd rent a mobile home down at the seaside, Kilkee, best place in Ireland beautiful 
and uh, the mobile home would, you know, 15 people could fit in it, you know, on the tables and the chairs, and my parents would bring somebody, somebody else's kids. So it was always just a lively, always something going on. Um, just, it, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. We fought a lot, like, and, but you had to have allies, you know, which sister or brother was your ally and who wasn't. <laughs> um, but we had, it was just, it was very, very, it was fun. I remember it has been fun. The older siblings have a little bit more, you know, they fought a little bit more, but I don't remember that much. Were, when it started clearing out a little bit, did it seem, did you get the kind of same emptiness feel that maybe your parents got? Or like, where did all these people go? Yeah. Um, it, you know, in the space of one year, we had three siblings get married and they moved out. And it, and then we had a couple immigrate to the United States, my older brothers, which is where kind of I would have gotten a, oh. Hmm, you could do that. Yep. So it, it was, it was, it, there was just four to a room. <laughs> and then we had bunk beds and we had our own beds. So it was like, woohoo, we have our own bed. We only have to share one bathroom. <laughs> Those oh are gosh, fun I'll stories. Bet the, I'll bet the mornings in your house were the worst. Uh, we're all on different schedules, so it was kind of like a, a shift, an A shift and a B shift and a C shift. <laughs> you know, the A shift at a one o'clock, the B shift at a three shift at a three or four, and then you know the C shift came in at, at uh, six o'clock for their dinners. So we we had a table and four chairs. So I don't know how we managed that. I literally was told, if you stand up, Tracy, you will grow and you will be taller. So literally stood up for every meal. <laughs> How'd that work out? Didn't work out at all. It was lies. <laughs> <laughs> you played junior and senior for the Irish national team, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. Yep, I played on the, the under-18 team, and I uh, would have been practicing with them a lot younger. I believe I tried out like when I was 15. Um, I ha because I had older siblings that were all into sports, and my older sister also played on the Irish teams. I two or three others that did actually so it was um, I had great role models uh, unbelievable female role models uh, in sports um, but playing it, it was amazing it was it was hard because um, we didn't have the globalization that we have now which travel um, and the commitment to female sports and to soccer in Ireland and women's soccer but I, I had through one under 18 cap but at the time, there was just one game in maybe two years, or one game in one year. That was it. And you'd practice, you know, you wouldn't practice all the time to be on the squad, but it just, it wasn't as common. It wasn't like, hey, let's just go play against the USA or play against Finland. It's sure. all organized now, so there's a lot more things going on. So in that space of time, I was 16, I think, when I got my first under-18 cap. So when you, how do you, how do you develop any camaraderie with your teammates or... Uh, you, you that's why you quickly adapt. You figure things out. Um, before an international game, you'd have about six weeks of training, maybe five. And you'd go up on the train to Dublin uh, because the training was specifically in Dublin. And uh, you'd practice with your coaching staff and the, and the players. And uh, you would have seen them around from some tournaments. Not like it is today. There's a lot of tournaments. You, you know your players. But that's where, you know, the language of soccer and football takes over, you know. How do you pass? How do you play? And, and it's ironic that you say that because um, I also got a, a senior cap when I was 18. So I, I could have still played under, under 18. I was in high school and I got a senior cap. Uh, my first senior cap was in Holland. And uh, At 18? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So you jetted over to Holland. Yeah. And then we're back for school on Monday. I don't know if I went to school on Monday. <laughs> I have absolutely no clue if I did. Pretty sure I didn't. <laughs> um, but it, it, was, it was, you know, you, you have to adapt on a team and, and learn quickly how to, what your roles are and, and how you communicate and work with others. And I think that's where I learned. I, I learned a lot at home, but being in that environment was excellent because it was intimidating. Um, typically a lot of people from Dublin in the bigger cities tend to have been on the roster and we're, we were called culties because we came up from the countryside. Uh, I mean, I'm from the city. I'm not a culchie, but They <laughs> thought I was a farmer or something, but I wasn't. But you learn. You just want you put a soccer ball in front of someone and, you know, and I love the coaching staff. It was just amazing. What led to the decision to come to America for school? It was actually the coaching staff uh, on the Irish team had gotten um, information from Mercyhurst because they already had another Irish student, Noreen Hurley, and the school, uh, Mercyhurst, every year brought over Irish students because the Mercyhurst Foundation was the Mercy Nuns, which was um, founded by uh, Catherine Macaulay, Mother Macaulay. So they wanted to keep an Irish root and the Irish shoots at Mercy says they always bring over Irish students. And the athletic staff and the admissions were like, well, we can bring somebody over who can play sports and go to school. But the coaching staff that I just mentioned, um, Fran Rooney, Noel Mulholland, they had um, given my name to the coaches. So they sent a letter home to me. And to be honest, as soon as I saw the letter, I was like, I'm gone. You know, I can still remember walking in and seeing on the fireplace, you know, the little Mercier's uh, sign on the front of the envelope. And, you know, I knew I wanted to go. That was, it was, I never looked back. Would it have been any any school? Didn't matter, didn't matter who, didn't matter what. When you oh, yeah. got that offer, you were going. No, I, I looked at that and I'm like, yep, I'm gone. And it was just, you know what, from a, a funny thing, <laughs> from like the age 10, uh, Neil Diamond, the song, they're coming to America. For some reason, I learned like a lot of the words to that, <laughs> and that it was just, I just did it. I mean, it obviously worked out for you. It I mean, your career at Mercyhurst was just amazing. It, it was, it was ver- very fortunate. I lived there. You know, I never I didn't go home in the summers. Went home about once or twice Christmas, but it was, I was very, very fortunate. Just how it all happened was amazing. Just, it was amazing. Like it was, with regards to taking the SAT, never knew what the SAT was. Now you don't have it all online or anything like that. And I'd signed up for it, but I was late. They said, just go up on the day, up to Dublin, because everything- Everything's in Dublin. In Dublin, yes. And I go up and I put my name on the door and I was number five on the list. And they'd sent over 20 papers and 15 had already pre-registered. I just got in. There were people on the list. There was one of a former uh, soccer player that was on the list that just couldn't, she didn't have it. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll do it. Don't Uh, tell you how good I did on it. (laughs) Good enough to come over. That's all that matters. Nope, that's very true. When you decided to get into coaching, was there a thought about going home or did you know you wanted to stay in America? Stay in America. Once you experience a summer, (laughs) 
I mean, it's every other thing too, but you experience that blue sky from May until September, August. Now you do, the, uh, we did get a lot of snow, but it was just, there was just something there. Uh, and this, this summer was amazing. <laughs> I've been to Ireland in the summer, though, and I was like, I could do this for the rest of my life. I will, uh, without a doubt, Colby, on a beautiful sunny day, the best country in the world is Ireland and anywhere on the coast, without a doubt. But you obviously got there and the weather was good for a week and yeah. it rains a Well, lot it rained once and I was yeah. like, oh, okay, I see. I see now. It's and it's, it's quite damp. I mean, but we have to deal with humidity here, but it's a damp area. The houses are cold and... And, you know, we grew up in, um, you know, I'm a little bit older, so we grew up where our houses weren't very warm. They only got warm if the fire was on. Uh, we had hot water if we had the fire on or if we turned on the immersion, which we could only do on a Saturday. So it was, when I came over to America, I'm like, oh, this is brilliant luxury. <laughs> I have a warm shower every day. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, we weren't that bad at home, but, you know, there were certain things that, I still consider luxury today, and, and I hope I never lose that. Really? Yeah. What's something that we who've grown up here our whole lives probably take for granted? Warm showers. Um, cheaper foods. Um, like fresh fruits? Yes. Um, just everything was kind of cheaper here. Um, I just guess the, the warm showers is just something that has just... And for some reason now I take cold showers. But... Uh, it was just I just couldn't wait to get back to Mercier's when I went home. I loved going home. Great upbringing, great family, but I just loved to come back. There was just something just kept drawing me back. And if it was the education, the system, the soccer, the people, I mean, that's. You had a tremendous head coaching career at Northwest Missouri State. You had been in Division One for a couple of years mm -hmm. at Toledo. When the opportunity came here, what really, what was the influence to come to Austin P? Well, a, a big influence was coming with Naomi, and uh, having been around Naomi as a player and as a person, um, the opportunity to be involved in college and stay involved in college. Um, understanding what division one was and uh you know that was and just coming here on a visit it was very warming very welcoming during quarantine we've seen or i've seen on social media uh what <laughs> you and cora have your daughter have been getting up to and you have a real mini me there oh my goodness i don't know if she's a mini me or if i'm a mini her <laughs> um yeah we do uh, i think that's why we argue sometimes too or we argue a lot but w we are very uh we go with the flow with each other sometimes we'll butt heads but um it, it's funny we, we i do like i look at her that's why now when my brother i talk to my brother and he's like yep that was you trace <laughs> 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 just this time, I know it's been weird and crappy for just a ton of reasons, but to get to spend that time with your daughter, how just how valuable has that been? I'm going to tell you it was amazing. And it was hard. There was fighting times. Like behind every tweet, there's been like yells and screams. But what I've loved is just watching her and just going, oh my goodness. 
particularly because she's nearly eye contact with me right now, so I have no other choice than to just go, oh. <laughs> I'm very sensitive to when people grow because I think I'm everybody's gauge is, oh, look, I'm taller than you, uh, which isn't too hard. It's mainly eight and nine-year-olds. Um, <laughs> but it was great. You know, the biggest thing, Kobe, was like t going up to Rotary Park and getting out for walks and being outside. I always remember always being outside as a kid. We always had to walk everywhere. Another luxury, a car. We never, we never had a car growing up, so we always walked places. And it was great because it tired us out. My parents were like, let's walk them three miles today and walk them home. Um, but I got to do that with her. And just, uh, and just being out at na with nature and kind of helping her observe things around nature. And it, it was good. It was me and her quite a lot. Obviously, Matt had to work and... Uh, you know, at times I wish I was around my family uh, during this time, but, you know, we FaceTimed a lot, and Cora got to FaceTime, and she got to FaceTime my grandnieces who are her age, and that was so much fun. It was just, ah, oh, we wouldn't have really done this if we didn't have all this time in our hands. Why does everyone like you so much? I, I you know, I saw that, and I appreciate you saying that. That was really nice. Well, it's, it's not like I'm just talking out of my butt there, yeah. like, Everybody has the people around here mm -hmm. that they like, they dislike, whatever. But you're one of the few people that's got just a universal approval rating. Um, it's, it's just what I've done. I, I think it's how we were brought up. Um, you got to remember, in a house of twelve, you got to have your allies, and you got to have. I need, I need Pat for this. I need <laughs> Anne for that. I need Jude for this. I need Deirdre and Grania and Rose for that. Rusty, I need. So you got to. I, I don't know. I'm not saying that was a conscious effort. It's just how things happen um, and how my parents were. Um, and it's our upbringing. And it's the people, too. Like, if if I'm nice to you, hopefully you'll be nice to me. Um, and we work that way. And uh, I, I just think the people here are, are, you know, they're excellent. What is your favorite word? Passion. What is your least favorite word? Hate. Hate? Who or what inspires you? My parents. Uh, they're both deceased now, but every day they inspire. You just, I'm in awe. Uh, I mean, I see big leaders out there, and I like big leaders, but I'm like, oh, Mickey and Maureen, 12 kids. You know, we grew up in a, a pretty rough area, and uh, both of them. My dad is very well loved by everyone in Limerick and in Ireland, and my mother was a strong woman, <laughs> a very strong woman. But they're definitely my uh, people that I look to. What is the last book you read for fun? I, I knew you uh, asked Rushi that, so I said I better get a book and start <laughs> reading, and I did because I am not a big reader, and I know I need to be. Um, currently reading Choose to Win by um, Ziegler, Tom Ziegler. What is your worst habit? Being too nice. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Uh, worst habit. Not taking enough notes and writing down things. Just trying to remember it all. I, I have a good memory, but I think I need to write down things. And like that's why I brought this, but I'm starting to like just write notes every day. What app on your phone gets the most use? Yeah. <laughs> Some uh, obviously soccer ones, and currently it's Manchester United because you can see their practices. And 
my current coach is a coach at Manchester United. And uh, so I'll look on and see if I can see him and just hear him go, oh, yeah, brilliant, get in. <laughs> and I was like, where were those words when I was playing? Crossy, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, Do you watch, I, I only know this because I'm a Newcastle fan, but they every Saturday they show an old match, just uh, mm-hmm. started off with the erasing the 4 nothing deficit against Arsenal a couple yep. of years ago. Obviously, Manchester has a much better backlog <laughs> of good matches to draw from, but are they doing that kind of thing? Are they showing matches? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Like The best one that I saw a couple of weeks ago was the um, European Championship game in 1998, I believe, and it was they were down 2 nil. And I remember watching the game but falling asleep because I was tired. And I woke up and I was like, well, down 2 nil." And then I remember sharing him came on and Solskjaer, Oli Gunnar. And Oli Gunnar now is the coach there. Mm-hmm. And, they bo- and they both scored and it was they came on as subs. Well, Oli did because he was super sub. And uh, so, yeah, I do. I do. I'll watch, watch games like that. It's been fun to do that, to kind of revisit some stuff. You know, I'm not I'm not a big fan of watching games that have already been played. I Like, if I tape a game and someone has told me the score, I have a hard time watching it. That's just... Yeah. I want to watch, like, that's why the live sports and soccer, and it starts up not this week, the following weekend. Yeah. Even watching the German league, it's like, okay, I got to watch... There was, I think there was some... Aussie rules games on and I was like it's live I'll watch it boom <laughs> I've been staying up in the middle of the night and watching Korean, Korean baseball I was going to say that yeah and I actually even think I turned that on it's it's a bit of a slow burn but it's <laughs> it's live sports I've been watching Bundesliga. League I'm looking forward to Premier yep. League can't wait <laughs> what is the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in ah that's a good question growing up with a dozen or with 14 people in the house probably qualifies <laughs> i don't know that w- no there wasn't i think we were terrified every day um <laughs> with, with what my family would say to you like you you know uh but uh, on a realistic side the most terrifying is anytime you have a health sc- i've had a, a health scare and, and those are terrifying and anything else other than that you can deal with um to be honest and you know when you're a little older you've been thrown a lot more so you you know, besides the pandemic, I think um, health scares are probably the scariest thing. Losing your parents is hard, um, and uh, but I would never say it's the scariest thing because it was actually the brilliant. It was just, it was uh, amazing, and uh, they were older, so I was very happy. Um, but having to fly home right during the season when it happened was not 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 the most terrifying thing. It was the most very rewarding, actually. Um, but terrifying is having health scares. Those are always there. What is your idea of happiness? <sighs> Sitting down, having a cup of coffee, watching Men United. I have this prepped. Us win on a Friday night, watching Men United play on a Saturday, <laughs> them winning, having a cup of coffee, then Sunday, then us winning, then Monday morning walking into work. That's happy. That's my selfish happy. But obviously my happy is just Matt Core and I going bike riding. What is your idea of misery? Us losing, Man United losing, <laughs> us losing on a Sunday, and Matt and Cor and I fighting. <laughs> so the the complete opposite. Yes. What makes you self-conscious? Um, obviously, as a coach, you are watched a lot. 
Um, so w when when you don't have a good record, or if you lose that, that makes you very self-conscious because you have to kind of wear that brunt and, and live that that record. And what am I doing? I'm being questioned. You know, everything is on the newspaper, and you know that that's going to make you self-conscious. What's the most embarrassing song you love? An embarrassing song. I get knocked down, but I get up again. <laughs> I don't know if that's embarrassing, <laughs> but... Uh, I don't know if it's embarrassing, but it's a real earworm, because as soon as you said it, I was like, well, I'm going to hear that in my head for the rest <laughs> of the Yes, day. see, there you go. How would you prefer to die? Um, peacefully. If you were reincarnated, what would you like to come back as and why? I think you asked somebody that question, too. And I've always thought about this, not like dying and what I'm going to come back as, but a salmon. A salmon? Yeah. You know, a lot of people find them to be pretty tasty. Exactly. Um, we're all going to be tasty someday <laughs> or another, let's face it. Uh, I, I just, I think the salmon s swim upstream and fr Atlantic salmon that comes up the River Shannon. And I just, oh, there's something, go upstream, go against a bear. I just, oh. What might prompt you to lie? Ask me what do I want to come back as when <laughs> I die. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you hopeful? Every day. Um, every day when you get up is a day to be better and a day to have a better day. What is our purpose in life? Um, you know, to be, to be a light to someone. Uh, and that's a little bit of my mantra right now, and it's and it goes along with the, the Catherine McCauley and and what she did and what her philosophy was, and I lived it. I went to a Mercy Nun School, uh, a primary school, Our Lady of Lourdes, and I went to a college, uh, the Mercier's College, and it was be a light, be a light to somebody, and I think that's what my parents did. They obviously had to be a light. They had twelve kids. And, you know, but my dad was also a light to every kid in our neighborhood to get him involved in sports because he knew keeping him involved in sports would keep him off the streets. So be a light. Regardless of who it is, what is one question you would ask our next guest? What's your favorite meal? You know, that dovetails nicely with what Fallon asked, which is what's your favorite ice cream flavor? <laughs> Double chocolate. <laughs> and what would you be having that after? A salmon. <laughs> Even though that's the end I want to come back. It's kind of strange. So but cannibalism. No, I hope Cannibal. not. No, but I love fresh. I always order salmon. I'll go out to a restaurant and Matt and Corey will be like, you're going to have the salmon. But I love fresh Atlantic salmon. Where's the best place to go in Clarksville to get salmon? Uh, I've had it at the Black Horse Grill. I've uh, Red Lobster, um, Cheddar's, Friday night was our takeout night, so those are the nights we would go there to have that. Well, thank you for sitting down and talking to me today. This has been a ton of fun. I'm glad to be able to do this in person again, and I'm really glad that you were the first one I got to do. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate you asking, too.
Thanks, Tracy, for coming on, being one of the best guests we've ever had, being one of the best people that's ever worked here. You know, all, all the stuff that makes her her. Um, as we don't have anything to preview this week, we can kind of start talking about what our return to campus is slash has been. Um, we've returned. We're here half the time. Um other people are here the other half of the time in people are here all the time this weekend we will have some of our football student athletes returning as we make preparations to get everybody back starting in early july and prepare for the season and it's still weird no, it's it's weird. Still weird. We both have masks beside us. If Casey coughs in my direction, I'm going to have to murder him. Um, but we're slowly getting back to normal. That includes uh, welcoming visitors into the Dunn Center if you've got business with our ticketing office or anybody else. Uh, that is by appointment only. you got to call the front desk or whoever you're trying to visit and you got to come in with your mask and you got to get your temp taken and everything else because we're trying to keep you safe and healthy and us safe and healthy and fingers crossed if everybody follows this stuff and we can keep this from spreading on our campus we can have all the sporting events that we want this fall because we do desperately actually want them no we really want the football i want all of them i want all i'm so I cannot wait to go and sit in that miserable sweat box at <laughs> soccer <laughs> where it's it's me and you just sweating half to death and it smells awful because it traps the heat and doesn't yeah, doesn't help there's, give there's you any shade. No, there's no breeze, there's no shade. It is a literal sauna in the hottest part of the year and I am so excited and cannot wait to do it again. It's just the best. Just the best. Postseason for the NBA. Sounding like a reality-ish? It sure does seem like it. We're going to go down to the happiest place on earth and play some basketball. I remember in the when we first started this, and it was like the NBA was like, well, let's kick around some ideas. And everybody was like, Disney, Orlando. No, it like, just makes sense. It does. I mean, it's it's great. They have the facilities. They have hotels. They have all the hotels. They have eateries. I mean, if you're bored, I can't. ABC owns, ES, or ABC, Disney, and ESPN all are one company. Yeah, so it's not they, like it's really costing anybody any money. Right. I think it's, I'm so looking forward to this. It's going to jack with the rest of this year and probably alter the start of the next NBA season. And Lord only knows what the ripples are going to be going forward, but you contrast what they've done <laughs> with whatever it is Major League Baseball's purporting to do. You can at least see who's making a good faith effort and who's not. The MLB owners and Rob Manfred are not. Are, are not. Are not. They, Rob Manfred is the worst. I think. I think we've. I think we've covered that on this podcast. Just wanted to remind everybody several several times. Uh, I did. Even like last night, if you watch the baseball draft, Carl Ravitch asked him, "Why don't Why don't you guys just, you know, seventy games? We'll pay you your full salaries. Let's get out there and play. They want to play. Like everybody wants them to play." And Rob Manfred just refuses to answer answer Carl Ravitch on ESPN because it's the difference in the owners making 
an obscene amount of money and literally more money than God. It's and it's frustrating and it's rapidly turning more and more people off of the sport and that's a sport that had already taken a very firm third in the hearts and minds of most Americans and it's precisely because periodically they do stuff like this. And the longer they wait the less games they're going to play and the less games they play the less people are going to count this as a credible season. Like if you play 50 games. Yeah if you're playing 50 games I'm not giving If you we're much. playing 50 games last year's World Series champions don't make the playoffs if we're and the San Francisco Giants do. I mean, it's in one way, that's the only thing that makes it kind of interesting. Because if you're a fan of the Padres or the Mariners... Well, the Pirates you, are back in it. Yeah, I mean, every everybody's got a puncher's chance here. If, I mean, if, if, the, if Pittsburgh can get Josh Bell on that hot streak again, he could carry him to the playoffs in a 50-game season. Yeah, I mean, and for older guys, like, there's not going to be as much rest that you got to do. You don't have to baby along a an arm that's in its mid to late 30s that you're sh- still trying to Can squeeze. Can you imagine, like, Verlander, like, throwing, like, instead of, like, his 30th start of the season to the World Series, like, say he just gets back to the playoffs and his 18th start of the season to the World Series, he is going to be just unhittable. Mid- mid-year form in early November is yeah. going to be, that's going to be pretty. Not pretty, good for hitters. Yeah, not. Um, and speaking of hitters, we're getting really good at segues in this part of it. We are. The Sosa McGuire documentary on Sunday um, if you want to watch two guys just absolutely crush baseballs for an hour and a half or so, tune in. This is gonna this is gonna date me considerably. What I'm about to say, you probably never saw this thing. Super Sluggers was a VHS, which that tells you how old that is. Uh, that Major League Baseball put out around the time the home runs really started taking off, and I'm envisioning it being something like that, where it's just Boom, 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 blast, blast, fan killed in the <laughs> fifth row from the top of the stadium, blast. Well, like, y- they're going to talk about the steroids. You know they're going to do it, which is fine. It has to happen probably. Don't let, the, don't let the steroids take it over. There's no reason to have this documentary if you don't talk about the steroids. You have to talk. I don't, but I don't want it to be a steroid documentary. I want it to be. I've seen enough steroid documentaries. I want it to be a documentary about that home run race, and I just want to watch McGuire and Sosa crush home runs for an hour did you watch the lance armstrong doc i did not i'm i'm worried about watching it because i don't want it to be that same thing like that's what it is i've heard uh, see that's a bummer too because you know the jordan documentary i think the thing that everybody walked out of that either learning or remembering for the first time in a while was that he was a homicidal competitor he he would cut his mother for a win well did you see him catch the big Marlin yesterday? I did see Everybody, that. I the that jokes about that where people were like, Marlin swimming in the ocean, and Jordan's like, what'd you say? What'd you say? What's that? What? Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll All right. See. We'll see how this goes. Let's then. go then. <laughs> but Lance Armstrong was, if possible, even more homicidally competitive than Jordan. Like, he would pistol whip somebody <laughs> if they looked at his bag at the airport carriage like it's just i want it to be that i want it to be five hours of lance armstrong saying yeah this guy passed me in the race so i had to blow him out or yeah no actually i pulled over one time i had a three and a half hour lead in the tour de france it didn't (laughs) matter and i heard somebody heckling me in french and i pulled him up pulled off to the side and uh beat him with my bike helmet like that kind of stuff 
So give give me give me those stories. Don't yeah, don't give, let's hear that. Don't give me another. Yes, we. I think we've litigated the steroids are bad. You have to mention it. To you point. have to talk about it, but don't let it take over the yeah, doc. Let, let, let's not make that the full focus. Speaking of full focus, since it is summertime, you should be able to focus on some community service stuff since we are now able to get back into our communities. So if you can do that, you should do that. And if you can do that and do do that, you should tell Haley Meyer what you did so she can log it for your Ghost Cup points. <laughs> if you do do that. I thought, I thought that was very good. Good, good alliteration. Good work. I, I thought it was. You know what else you can do? You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Go P, or you can follow along on our official Facebook account called Austin P Governors. It's just nice to be able to do that in person again. It, isn't it? it feels so much better doing it into the mic yeah, than doing it. Yeah, shouting it into my computer screen just didn't yeah, do it. Yeah, it, it just felt weird. It felt <laughs> weird, but having the mic in front of me, I feel like uh, gives me some motivation to do that again. Let's go P.com for dates, news, and stories. Casey, Cody Bush, and myself doing stuff over there. We still got the greatest Govs countdown list going on, uh, getting to the, getting more to the back end of things. But you can still yell at me for not enjoying the where And people sure have. And by golly, people sure have. <laughs> it's, I mean, how would it ever be my business to know who's those <laughs> people to come through here? <laughs> you know, I just, I sell potatoes down at the docks. I don't have any business doing this. <sighs> oh, uh, since everything is getting going, you can start to look at tickets again. And how are you going to get tickets for the upcoming sporting events that we hope to happen this fall? You're going to get in contact with our ticket gurus, Katie Locke, and her assistant, Johnny Walker. They've got all the information you can use to get in the game and all the information that you can be on the lookout for regarding social distancing at Austin Peace Sporting Events this fall. If I used Johnny Walker before, I couldn't remember. I don't I think, so. think so. I don't think so. I didn't think so either. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or directly on the website at letsgop.com slash podcast. Give us a rating review on the podcast. Five stars, five stars. And if you'd like to suggest a guest, let us know of a local or on-campus event we shout out. Get into a slap-off with Casey. Seems like a bad idea for you. Tweet us. I'm at CWilson225. He's at C underscore Krieg19. Love yourself. Love each other. Talk to you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.